Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Zauk, and today we are hosting tech's most beloved politician of 2020, the mayor of Miami. I'm joined by my co-host, Miguel Armasa, to learn from the man who has become the face of the great tech migration to South Beach. For those not familiar, toward the end of 2020, more and more prominent VCs and founders were moving to Miami and on Twitter started wondering how they could get more tech talent to Miami. Mayor Suarez then tweeted four now famous words, how can I help? And the rest is history. Miami has since received an unbelievable amount of momentum in just a few months with Blackstone and others committing to tech jobs in the area, Founders Fund Keith Rabois permanently locating there, rumors of Miami Treasury going to Bitcoin, and SoftBank earmarking $100 million for Miami technology. In today's episode, Mayor Suarez, Miguel, and I talk about his vision for the city, how he's catering to fintech and crypto, his pitch on how Miami will be a career accelerant for all who move, how he's been building for this long before 2020, and a lot more. Let's get started. So, Mayor Suarez, welcome to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. It is great to have you on as a guest today. It's a tremendous honor. It's interesting. My dad was an Ivy Leaguer. I went the road of sports and maybe not being such a disciplined uh, student when I was younger. So, I just having these opportunities to speak before prestigious schools like Wharton and Harvard Business School and all these schools that I've been in. It's, it's humbling, but it's also a reminder that it's never too late. <laughs> you can always sort of excel. And this opportunity the city has really given me a platform to be able to talk to such amazing young leaders like yourself, that it's incredibly inspiring for me to continue to do my job at a high level. Thank you. And yeah, we appreciate the kind words. We're very excited to have you on on this platform. So to start, you know, I have to admit, Miami was not necessarily on my radar, at least in, let's say, November, as a tech hub, lifestyle city with maybe Austin, Denver, Nashville, taking some of that spotlight the last few years. And now some of the biggest professional FOMO of my life has come with me being in Philadelphia and not in Miami right now. Everyone in tech knows your name. So can we just start with how did this whole move to Miami movement really start? And did you always have this vision for the city? I did always have the vision. I've been an elected official now for 11 years. I started very young. When I became a councilman, I was 30. I was actually 32 when I got elected. I was 30 when I started running. And really, my generation is the first tech generation, if you think about it. We're the first ones with a personal computer. We're the first ones that had cell phones, beepers. You guys don't even know what beepers are. We grew up with technology as a regular part of our life. Now that I have kids, and you see kids growing up, and you look at the digital tools that they have, which are your digital tools, but they know how to use them better than you do you very quickly realize that the economy of today and tomorrow is a tech economy. And so that every city in America and every city in the world, really, if they're doing what is right and what they should be doing, would be really focusing on growing the tech ecosystem of their city. That is the economy of the, by the way, irrespective of politics, irrespective of ideologies, we inject so many things into this discussion that really shouldn't be there. It really should be a very simple discussion about how do you create a city that has an economy that is the economy of the future. And then the second piece of it is, how do you create high paying jobs in your city? Because everybody wants to increase the standard of living for their residents. Everybody wants to attack 
what is maybe the issue of our generation, which is income inequality. Everyone wants to deal with poverty, homelessness. We want to deal with all those issues. And I think to do that, you have to confront what economy are you in and what economy are you growing? That makes a lot of sense. And we are actually talking just a few days after a very important announcement from SoftBank. I saw that Marcelo Claure, actually uh, my compatriot, I'm also fellow Bolivian. And I saw that they've earmarked about $100 million to invest just in Miami, specifically in tech. Can you talk about the genesis of this landmark initiative, as well as you know, your overall vision for working with venture capitalists? Well, I think it goes back to the how can I help tweet. You know, I have to take it back there, of course. On December 4th or December 5th, Delian, which is one of the vice president of Founders Fund, and actually was with Keith Voice today, put out a tweet saying, uh, what if we take Silicon Valley to Miami? And I simply and very innocently tweeted back forwards, how can I help? I never imagined that that tweet would go so viral. And what it did was it opened a door, it opened a portal for me. It was like me going to a beehive and shaking the beehive and watching all the bees swarm. It made me realize, A, that there's a lot more people here in the ecosystem than, than I already knew because we were not communicating with each other. B, that this is a perfect moment in time where governments continue to raise taxes and they continue to take for granted their most productive citizens. So for me, it was just a perfect moment, a confluence of things that came together. So I saw that moment, I identified the moment, I realized that as a public official, I had a clear runway. I had an opportunity to really be able to talk about this issue unimpeded. And I think for me, it has just, like you said, sort of culminated in a way. It's not finished by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like we're in the third inning of a ninth inning baseball game. But this week sort of culminated in that announcement from Marcelo Claude that the SoftBank was going to dedicate $100 million to a Miami-specific fund. And that's a $300 billion fund that he runs, he helps run the Vision Fund, and a $5 billion Latin American fund that's already headquartered in Miami. So part of it is we were not telling our story well enough. To Ryan's point at the beginning, it wasn't really said the city wasn't on his radar. So I think this lightning in a bottle moment gave me a platform to be able to talk about Miami in the way that I knew it, but now that everybody would listen. Yeah. And I mean, bringing up venture capital again, one of the most funded areas right now is fintech. And fintech is just a red hot sector and certainly will be a big point for Miami to push moving forward. So just last week, you stated that you're building out a crypto team to make Miami the hub of crypto innovation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that vision for this team and what initiatives you're trying to take on? We want to be innovative. We want to be a city that is not held back by laws. We don't want to lose, for example, to Wyoming, which is good for them that they've been very proactive on crypto and on blockchain favorable laws. But there's no reason that Florida should be behind. That doesn't benefit Floridians. It doesn't benefit Miami. So for me, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for us to be able to capture a market which is sort of a submarket of tech. The crypto and the Bitcoin submarket of tech is incredibly huge. I actually had put out a tweet, which was basically Satoshi's white paper on our uh, website. And that tweet actually, believe it or not, got more generic impressions than the How Can I Help tweet. It got over 2.5 million impressions. The How Can I Help tweet got 2.4. It's incredible how passionate and how dedicated the crypto community is in the U.S. and around the country, and how in tune they are to regulations that mainstream our crypto, which is a component of fintech. You know, we have in Miami one of the most robust financial districts in the U.S. and in the world. 
And I think layering fintech onto that is just going to propel us into the future. You've got this amazing confluence of New York hedge fund uh, managers, of private equity managers coming down, as well as the angel investors, the VCs, and the founders and the engineers. So you have both Silicon Valley and New York converging on Miami, something that's never happened before. And we frankly don't know what the leverage effect is going to be of that. So if anybody who's at Warden, I would tell you, it should be a FOMO moment for you. It should be a flywheel moment for you. You need to come to Miami, do what I call it a summer abroad, except you're not going abroad. You're going to Miami, come here for a summer, come here for this summer and experience it yourself. I promise you, you won't leave. There's the time. There's the time. So you mentioned working with the community and local organizations. We understand that there are some uh, local, maybe underground chats within the tech community that you know you actually participate in these chats and you actually talk to the community. And that is unusual, not just for a mayor, but for any politician. Can you talk about maybe your strategy to keeping your ear to the ground and enabling the communication with these communities? I think this moment is always complex and it's complex in any city because you have what we would call, let's say, Miami tech. And Miami tech would be, I would call it almost like tech before the tweet, right? Like this ecosystem that we've been building for 10 years. And I'm part of that. I've been investing in eMERGE, which is the largest tech conference in the Southwest part of the United States. I've been investing in Endeavor Miami. We're the first Endeavor city in the country. I've been investing in 500 startups. I've been investing in WinCode, which was a women's entrepreneurship I've been investing in iTech, which was a technical robotics and coding school, high school at Edison and, and Little Haiti. So I've been investing in a community for many years, developing this ecosystem. And we sort of developed it as a startup, right? But it didn't have that VC moment. And the how can I help tweet was that VC moment, that moment where you had that VC that came in and gave you that series A funding and said, okay, we're going to really, really J curve this. We're going to really catalyze your city. And that's what we're dealing with now. And so for me as a mayor, as you said, I can never lose sight of what I call the OGs, the original gangsters that really helped propel us and create the foundation for this moment. I can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to just spend all my time with all these new people that are coming here. You know what I mean? I have to find a way to merge those two communities. And then the further challenge is to find a way to make sure that all that capital and all those high paying jobs, at least the least fortunate in my community, have an opportunity to have those jobs. And that goes to the educational component of what we're trying to do. So as you mentioned, there's so much to balance as being the mayor of a city, especially when you're trying to take advantage of this moment. And really just Miami is in such hyper growth mode. Off of that, what do you think has really been your proudest accomplishment the last few months and maybe the greatest challenge that you're dealing with that our listeners might not know about? I think we're still dealing a little bit with reputational issues, even though we have all this attention, even though we've got all this great press, and even though all these people have moved. I still think there's a percentage of people that think this is not real. This is sort of a moment in time that this is, we're having a Miami moment instead of this being a movement. So I think we have to continue the process to demonstrate that this is real, that this is substantial. I think that's what Marcelo's announcement was so important because it was a very public expression of, hey, we're the biggest player in the planet and we believe in Miami and we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. And that doesn't often happen. I mean, people talk a big game, but for somebody to come in and say, hey, we're going to put down $100 million, that's amazing. So Mayor Suarez, there is so much great information here as well as momentum for your city, but there are still doubters out there or those on the edge of taking their talents to South Beach. So in closing, what do you want to say to them, you know, to convince them that Miami really is the place to be and that this moment is here to stay for the next few decades and beyond? 
The first reason is that Miami is the place to be right now. When you talk about having a place, I mean, this is not a virtual background, by the way, guys. When you talk about finding a place where most of the money you make is not going to go to government, when you look for a place that has perfect weather, when you look for a place that has an incredibly high quality of life, very low crime, very low homelessness, when you're looking at all the essential ingredients of what it takes to have an enjoyable life, and then you layer on top of that the fact that all these people are coming from New York and from the Bay Area at the same time, there is a limitless set of possibilities. And your future, when you're young, when you're in college, and when you're graduating, it's all about your future. Where am I going to go to give myself the best chance of being successful? And I think it is inevitable and it is indisputable at this point that that place is Miami. (laughs) No, I think I just want to say for our listeners, if they can't see (laughs) your video right now, he has beautiful palm trees. And I think that's the ocean standing right behind him. That's the bay. And actually, what's interesting is we're about to put a tent on the window so that when the tent goes up, you'll actually be able to see the building. So right behind me, literally, is the skyline of the city, which is the third largest skyline in America. So it actually is going to be even more beautiful when we put the tent in. Awesome. Maybe we'll have to get you on again once the tent is up. Yeah. And you say that while we have a snowstorm literally falling right now on the East Coast. (laughs) Sorry. City is not trying to rub it in. (laughs) All right. Well, Mayor Suarez, it was wonderful to have you on the Wharton FinTech podcast today. It's rather rare that we have politicians on the show, but the tech and FinTech momentum in Miami is undeniable. And hopefully, you know, it becomes a permanent part of the FinTech zeitgeist. We're very excited to get this one out to our listeners. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review. And if you're looking for more fintech content, subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Medium at Wharton FinTech. There you will find articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. I've linked our accounts in the episode description. I would also like to thank our editor, Rafael Ostria, for his incredible work on our episodes. Signing off, I'm your host, Ryan Zauck.